0: Do you ever feel like the world is turned upside down? From the COVID pandemic, to the invasion of Ukraine, to yet another killing spree in a school. More revelations coming out of Bucha and Kharkiv about horrific war crimes. Committed against Ukrainian citizens by Russian soldiers, more revelations about the one-hour standoff in Uvalde on Tuesday with a gunman who killed 19 children and two teachers. Do you ever feel like the world is turned upside down? The first century Christians, Paul and Silas, Stephen and Timothy, Lydia, Priscilla, and Joanna, they lived in the world of the Romans that felt upside down all the time. Violence and torture, executions, and the heavy-handed will of the state against certain people and other nations was the order of the day. Rich against poor, free against slave, Romans against Jews, the Holy Roman Empire against everyone else. Yet today's story in the book of Acts from the first century shakes up the foundations and shows us God's emerging new world. Where the spirit of Jesus alive and the disciples turns the world upside down in a redemptive, saving way. No is acted and said, lived out against the oppressive, death dealing narratives and systems of the world. Yes is said. Embodying the reign of God in word and deed and in the union of love and justice and peace. So now, through the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 16 through 34, hear the word of God. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaimed to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when the slave girl's owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, Paul and Silas, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, the jailer put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then the jailer brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household will be saved. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, the jailer took them, and he washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay, He brought them up into the house and set food before Paul and Silas, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those passages that, for me, is so close to overwhelming in its fantastic movements that it seems so distant at first and strange to my 21st century understanding. And yet we are invited in Holy Scripture to join Paul and Silas in Philippi for a 24-hour period filled with action almost inconceivable. But this is God's story, and we are called to come inside God's story. That we would receive God's unchained melody for our lives and make it our own life's song. The prelude to our action-packed 24 hours is a few days of vocal interference, Was Paul simply annoyed by the enslaved girl's interruptions? Or was it her truth-telling that annoyed him? Or was it the fact that her owners were making money off her as their property by her divination and fortune-telling? Was it their using her as a commodity, as a thing? Was Paul annoyed by the enslaved girl's combination of God talk and her declaration of their own slave identity as God's and for the way she revealed their mission? She had become their co-traveler out to the place of prayer for many days. She became their free PR machine, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation, she cried out again and again. To Paul, I suspect, her shouting felt like religious noise, shameless promotion, like a Bible held up as a prop. But with the Ten Commandments, the word of the prophets and the gospel of God in Jesus Christ ripped out. So after enduring her attention-seeking for a while, her true words without connection to the truth, Paul ordered the Spirit to come out of her. And it came out. Okay, all is now right with the world. It is right side up again. Paul and the other Jesus followers can go along their way, pray, proclaim, and share the good news of the reign of God. But Paul's action has upended the apple cart. The inbreaking of the reign of God has a way of doing that, doesn't it? Unloosing the chains of oppression, setting the enslaved girl free, receives furious backlash. Deprived of their meal ticket, the girl's owners drag Paul and Silas before the powers that be, for they have disturbed the peace. The crowd joins the authorities in attacking them, by saying this oppressed human being's life matters, by empowering her freedom, by loosing her chains. For this, Paul and Silas are stripped, severely flogged tortured and placed in maximum security in the prison, in the innermost portion, they are chained and their feet are put in stocks. The writer of Acts is also the writer of the Gospel of Luke, and in that Gospel we hear Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah to describe and proclaim the inauguration of his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus was driven out from that town. Living that message had consequences for Jesus. He was stripped and beaten and imprisoned and crucified. Living that message had consequences for Paul and Silas. But just as God broke open the tomb, we are found by God in the tombs, in the prisons of our lives. We are never alone. Chains of pain and oppression are broken by the power of God. Light pierces the darkness Dawn comes in the morning. New life is begun. Paul and Silas turned their captivity into bold freedom of the spirit as they prayed and sang hymns to God from their cell. Something happens when we give voice to the cries of our souls, when we speak what we believe, even when we speak what we seek to hope and believe. Whether we sing it or pray it or speak it out, we connect with a power not our own, a power that is unleashed from beyond us, to change our experience within us and make us whole. Fannie Lou Hamer, civil rights activist, severely beaten and imprisoned in 1963 in a Mississippi jail, she leaned on the witness of Paul and Silas, and in the middle of the night, She drew on the song of her enslaved forebears and sang, Paul and Silas was bound in jail. Let my people go. Martin Luther King Jr., he gave voice to God's promises of freedom and love when he drafted his letter from a Birmingham jail. When Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go. That's the ark. That's the salvation history of God within which we all and the whole world lives. Paul and Silas could have walked away from that prison after that earthquake, that miraculous event. They could have led the way out for the other prisoners. They could have relished the jailer drawing his sword and killing himself. And then they could have left. The foundations of the prison were shaken. By God, for God for the sake of our violent, warring, and prison-drenched world in desperate need of salvation. Ukrainians stuck in their basements for months start to see the light of day, the beauty of sunflowers, the joy of loved ones again children and teachers, parents and families no longer fear for their safety in schools and on subways and in city streets and in grocery stores for the foundations of racism and too easy access to tools of war have been restricted and human rights maintained. What kind of earthquake will it take for God's saving narrative of redemption and new life to replace our world's tale of destruction and death? What will it take? God's divine upside-downness, the earthquake breaking open, this is the power to make things new and right. And so Paul extends grace. Do not harm yourself, he shouts to the jailer. We are all here. In what world but God's world does the victim show compassion for the oppressor? This world, the world ruled by Jesus the Christ, the one who cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The Jesus who forgave the thief hanging on a cross right next to him. The Jesus who extends us grace and sets each of us free again and again. He asks us to do so in words and actions for the sake of the world he came to save. He asks us to be instruments of his peace and nonviolence, to seek safety, security, and flourishing for the whole world without exceptions. Given the gift of Christ's love and grace coming through Paul and Silas, the heart of the jailer is changed. He recognizes his complicity in sin and evil, and the jailer falls down trembling before the ones he has imprisoned. Before Paul and Silas, he asks, what must I do to be saved? And his question comes to us. What must we do personally, collectively, We want government to regulate safe baby formula, safe drinking water and medicines, but we see safe gun laws as a contradiction. Are we living in prisons we have made rather than in God's world of possibilities? Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For of such is the kingdom of God, said Jesus to his disciples. And yet they are gunned down in schools, on city streets, and in their homes, their neighborhoods, losing their lives to indiscriminate gun violence. Yes, children and adults, in this sanctuary, reading from this Bible, I think we see the truth that this is not how God created and redeemed us in Christ to live together. The jailer took Paul and Silas to his home. The oppressor becomes the one reconciled through Paul's and Silas's invitation to forgiveness and grace he is reconciled he is made whole the jailer washes their wounds and then we're told he and his entire family were baptized without delay a new community emerges where the prisoners are seen as human and the jailer is transformed. He feeds Paul and Silas. He cares for their well-being as they break bread together. And Christ's redeeming, loving presence is revealed. And adversaries become friends and brothers and sisters become one family. What is keeping you in chains? What is keeping you imprisoned? What is keeping our nation and the world in chains? God beckons us all in Christ to come out into the open, into the fields of freedom, To be released from all that keeps us bound. God is still shaking the foundations. The chains are being broken. The doors are being opened. So sing the song of love and freedom that God gives you to sing for the sake of the world and become that song. Each of us were made in the image of God and have a unique and needed song to sing. Become a washer of wounds with your tears as well as with your actions. Feed the world with food and grace. So that we may become a part of the world's turning upside down like those first disciples. That we would become a part of bringing the world round right. In the hopes of the fulfillment of the reign of God. Through the power of love. This is God's good news. Amen. And amen.